Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? We're planning a trip to Israel as a church, unless the rapture happens, you know, and we'll end up at Israel eventually anyway. But we're planning a trip in spring of 2024, and we'll see this. In Capernaum, there's this house that they, of Peter's that they built this structure over the top, and you get to see it's really fascinating. It's right by the synagogue, and so that's most likely they're in Peter's house. But Jesus knows his disciples. He knows them through and through, and he calls them out. I just love this, and they go silent again, this time not for a dumb question, but for their dumb behavior. But again, they're just like us, you know, but verse 34 again, but they kept silent for on the road, they had disputed among themselves who would be the greatest. Oh, thank goodness we don't have this problem in the church. But you know, uh, I just have to say, my family growing up, we were a big boxing family. My grandfather, he immigrated to the United States just before World War II, and he didn't have a way to make a living, so he became a prize fighter. And he was pretty good. He even fought in Madison Square Garden. It's pretty amazing. My dad was a fighter, a boxer. My brother and I boxed for, for years, and we were just a boxing family. Remember boxing? It used to be a sport. I don't know if you, it's kind of gone now, you know, in the way of UFC and all these others who replaced it. But, you know, one of the most cocky and arrogant people in the boxing world was a man named Cassius Clay. And he became Muhammad Ali, and he was always about, I'm the greatest, remember, you know? And some of you, you know, in the early 60s, long before my time. So some of you, it's like yesterday. I get that. But... In the early 60s, he was going to fight Sonny Liston, and he had this whole poem about, I am the greatest, you know, and he goes off on this whole poem. And one of my favorite stories, though, is about him being humbled, because after he became heavyweight champion of the world, he was going to fly on a commercial airline. You might have heard the story. It's a true story. He's in first class, and the stewardess comes up to him, and I can call her that because that's what they were called. I'm just being historically correct. So the stewardess comes up to him and says, Mr. Ali, I'm sorry, we're about to take off. You need to put your seatbelt on. And Ali looked at her and said, Superman doesn't need a seatbelt. And she clapped back famously and said, well, Superman doesn't need an airplane. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I love. Whenever we get a little big for our britches, somebody is there in our lives just to remind us we're not all that. But you know, we're not all that. But he is. He's the greatest. He's the greatest. And Ali used to say, I shook up the world. Well... You have no idea what the greatest is going to do to this world. But take comfort because he loves us and we're part of his family. And don't worry about tomorrow. He has us, each one of us. But you know, the disciples, (laughs) here they are arguing about who's the greatest. You know, and this is a lesson they don't even really learn here. We're going to read in future accounts, you know, and they keep asking, they come to Jesus themselves and say, hey, am I going to be the greatest? Even a couple of them seemingly send their mommy. (laughs) You know, the sons of Zebedee, the AKA the sons of thunder, you know, some sons of thunder, their mom comes to Jesus in Matthew chapter 20 and says, hey, (laughs) Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, could you make sure my sons are on your right and on your left? 
okay? You moms, you're wonderful. You know, your moms always stick up for you no matter what. I mean, usually. Here, they, here she comes and she's talking to Jesus, but what a powerful thing because she didn't even know what she was asking. Because where was Jesus when he came into his kingdom? Tetelestai. It is finished. It is accomplished. An accounting term. All accounts paid for. Who was at his right and who was at his left? She didn't even understand what she was asking. And how many times are we the same? We don't understand what we're asking the Lord. And then we get angry at the Lord when he doesn't give us what we want, what we want but we don't realize he's protecting us. He protects you and I. He loves us that much. But also today, you know, we're going to see, back in our passage in Mark 9, we're going to see Jesus use an example that reminds us to be humble and to trust him. And, you know, I didn't even plan this. Today we have a children's ministry meeting after church, and we're going to talk about what Jesus thinks about little ones, about children. wasn't planned. I just love when God does, you know, the coincidence thing. But I would say this, you know, little ones are so important to Jesus. Remember in John 21 when Jesus restored Peter three times? Do you love me? You know, and we know that whole story. I won't go back into it. But what did he say? He said, then feed my lambs. That was his first priority. Feed my lambs. Then he said, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. But the first thing on the list, feed my lambs. That's how important little ones are to Jesus. And here in verse 35, we're going to see a couple things. We're going to see this admonition for you and I, this application for us to be humble. And he's going to give us, Jesus is going to give us a couple examples here. And he sat down, verse 35 called the twelve and said to them, If anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. Then he took a little child and set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives one of these little children in my name receives me. <laughs> and whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. I would say kids are important to Jesus. But not only that, when we're serving in the church, you know, with, with all of this, that first thing he says, if anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. You know, God's economy is always upside down. I've already talked about this. But in the church, we're just to serve each other. We're to serve each other. And it starts with the leadership. You know, one thing about being a pastor and being a leader, it's about serving you. The philosophy of ministry here is let's raise people up in ministry, give them the resources and whatever they need to serve to flourish. Encourage them, teach them, pray for them, serve them. We're the underrowers. That word minister means underrower. We're the ones down below the ship's deck where all the garbage and debris and everything else falls down while everyone up on deck can enjoy the ride. That's servant leadership. But you know what? Each one of us are called to set aside self and just serve others, to esteem others better than ourselves. Think about Saul and David. They wanted a king. Israel wanted a king, and they wanted one that looked like a king. And, and you know, and... It had all the outward appearance of a king. Tall, strong, alpha male, big. You know, this guy, Saul, he was a king. And so God said, okay, I'm going to give you what you want. And they suffered because of it. But then we read God had his choice. This little ruddy kid, the last one on the list, the last one in the family, David. And he wasn't perfect by any means. And this is such an encouragement for us because we're not perfect by any means. But David was a man after God's own heart. That's what the Bible describes him as. And that's what the Lord wants from you and I. And that's what he wants from leadership, but he wants it from every Christian in the church. To serve, to be men and women after his own heart. Jesus himself said, I came to serve and not be served. King of the universe, the creator of all things, a servant. But remember Peter? When Jesus says, you know, I'm going to 
wash your feet. He's like, oh, no, Lord, don't touch me. I'm not, I'm not worthy. And he says, if you don't let me wash your feet, you can have no part of me. He says, and wash my whole body, you know, Peter again. And Jesus is like, calm down, Peter. It's okay. Skippy. <laughs> so that's my term. I, Jesus didn't say that. Our Lord was the perfect model of servitude, and so we should also serve one another. But I love this, that Jesus declares he has a special place for kids. And remember, this is Peter's house. This could very well be one of Peter's children. Have you ever thought about that? It's kind of neat to think about. But Jesus, you know, he's teaching his disciples and us that we're to be humble, that we're to serve each other, but he also has this high priority of children. And we need to have that same high priority. These little lambs. This is where serving starts. You know, I will say this. When you serve in children's ministry, many times it's thankless. And I told the ladies in in children's church today that I was going to talk about this because I wanted to thank everybody personally who serves in children's ministry because it is such an amazing ministry. And so I say thank them before church because obviously they're not in here. But honestly, I just want to say that. I just want to say thank you because I know how important it is to the Lord. You know, and this isn't a guilt trip or try to, like I said, we didn't plan this with the children's ministry meeting. But I just think it's amazing. But I also know this. In my own life, I served as a youth leader and I, I served uh, teaching junior high kids. And let me tell you something. It was challenging and rewarding all at the same time. And it will keep you humble or make you humble. Those kids, oh man. But they were such a blessing. And you know, kids, don't they, don't they keep us humble? Because they're just so brutally honest. And so I, I was looking online. I was looking at some examples of this. And I just had to share. And I'm sorry, this is my sense of humor. So I apologize ahead of time. Forgive me. But I was looking at some of these posts by parents who were posting these things that their kids said to them that really humbled them or made them be humble. And one of them was this. One post said that her child, while they were all eating breakfast one morning, found an old picture of her mom and said, look, mama, it's a picture of you before you got saggy. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, ladies. But... I mean, that's, kids are just honest. You know, another one, another post said when a mom complained about eating that too much that day, the little girl said, oh, mommy, you eat too much every day. (laughs) One son asked his mom, hey, are you wearing makeup? She said, no, why do you ask? He said, oh, mama, you should be. (laughs) Don't worry, ladies, I'm going after the men next. So one child told their father, I think your hair is growing in the wrong direction. I think it grows back into your head and not out. (laughs) kids yeah then there was another one oh I love this so another child was arguing with their sibling over looking nice before they went to the store because mom said you need to look nice when we go out in public and one of the children one child looked at their mom and said we don't have to look nice to go into public look at dad (laughs) I can relate and still another honest daughter told her daddy oh you are so handsome daddy but your breath is really stinky (laughs) And then probably my favorite are these twins that wanted to make a thank you card and a love you card for their grandparents. And so they make this beautiful little card, and these are young twins, and um, you open it up and it says, we love you so much, Grandma and Grandpa, and we're just lucky you're still alive. (laughs) And I was thinking about that. You know, kids just have a way of just telling the honest truth, you know, until they're caught doing something they shouldn't, and then watch out, right? But that's why they need us to teach them. You know, to stand in the gap for these kids. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, 
and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.